Some Upper Peninsula residents are worried about a possible shutdown of Enbridge's Line 5 pipeline. It delivers some of the propane used to heat rural homes in the UP. But propane is an unregulated gas, so it's pretty hard to know how much the UP is getting from Line 5. I mean, that's a, that's a significant concern if that limits our availability of propane. Plus, hear about emails IPR got outlining Enbridge's efforts to monitor activists who want Line 5 shut down. That's coming up on Points North, a show from Interlochen Public Radio, where we hear about life in northern Michigan through the news, the people, and the places. I'm your host, Dan Wanshura. Michigan's governor, tribal nations, and environmental groups are all calling for a shutdown of Line 5, the pipeline that carries oil underneath the Straits of Mackinac. They say the pipeline, which is over 60 years old, poses too great a risk of leaking. But the pipeline doesn't just carry oil. The liquid mix includes propane that is delivered to Michigan's Upper Peninsula. So what would happen to UP households using propane if Line 5 was shut down? Interlochen Public Radio's Kay LaFond traveled across the Mackinac Bridge to try to get to the bottom of it. James Ball makes his way through multiple feet of snow in his backyard. He's headed to check the gauge on his propane tank. I'm at 50%, so I'll maybe call next week or in two weeks and set up a time for having him come out and fill it up. Ball's home in Rapid River, Michigan, has had propane heat for as long as he's lived there. The majority of the UP heats with natural gas, but it's often not available in rural areas like the one where Ball lives. So 18% of Upper Peninsula households heat primarily with propane. It's not unheard of for a family to spend $2,000 filling their tank over a winter. And Ball says one winter a few years ago, there was a propane shortage. Many states in the Midwest declared propane emergencies in the winter of 2013 and 2014. When I called to order propane, they said that there was a possibility that it would not be available by the time that my, my tank ran out. It concerned him so much that now he only uses propane as a last resort. He put a wood pellet stove in his basement, and he also has a standard wood stove in his living room. But he's getting older. You know, there'll come a time when I will no longer be able to cut wood. Um, there's costs. Pellets are fairly expensive. Um, you know, you got to transport those and haul them in. So He might have to rely on propane again and he's concerned about anything that might change its price. That includes a possible shutdown of Enbridge's Line 5, which delivers propane to a facility just a few miles from his house. Most of what's in the pipeline flows right through the Upper Peninsula, then under the Straits of Mackinac, through the Lower Peninsula, and ultimately to Canada. But in Rapid River, a relatively small amount of propane is extracted from Line 5 and sold to retailers. Enbridge claims that small amount meets 65% of the Upper Peninsula's propane demands. A prominent environmental nonprofit has said it's more like 35 to 50%. But propane is an unregulated fuel, so there's a lack of publicly available information. Either way, propane that doesn't come to the UP by pipeline comes by rail and truck. Warren Vilcheski with the U.S. Energy Information Administration says there's a hard and fast rule for transporting propane. Rail and truck are significantly more expensive than pipe. Analyses conducted on behalf of the state and the National Wildlife Federation estimate that propane prices could go up anywhere from 5 to 38 cents a gallon without Line 5. 
But propane markets are complicated, and without concrete data, it's hard to predict what will happen. Guy Bowman is the former owner of Bowman Gas, a propane retailer serving the Upper Peninsula. He says before 1996, when Line 5 began delivering propane to Rapid River, the UP did just fine. But Rapid River made things more convenient. It's basically like the new grocery store coming to town. Everybody goes to the new grocery store because it's handy and, and you forget about the little places you used to go and they close up because you're going to the big store. Well, that's what happened here. Bowman Gas gets about half of their propane from Line 5 and the other half from rail. But Bowman says some propane retailers have come to rely on Line 5 completely. He says infrastructure for rail and trucking has deteriorated as a result. He doesn't want to lose Line 5, but he thinks the Upper Peninsula could manage as long as there was time to plan. The the infrastructure's got to be built back up again to do without it. And uh, with the way trucking is nowadays and as reliable as rail is nowadays, I mean, uh, we we could get by. It's, it, it, it wouldn't be, I, I guess I would say, fun. If Line 5 had to be shut down quickly, like in the case of an oil spill, the impacts could be more serious. To help mitigate this risk, Governor Gretchen Whitmer created the UP Energy Task Force. One of their tasks is to come up with a propane plan for the UP in the case of a Line 5 shutdown. They're supposed to produce a report by March of 2020. Task Force member Tanya Sweenar says they're currently trying to get to the bottom of a lot of conflicting information. Sweenar works with the Superior Watershed Partnership in Marquette, which has programs that help people use less propane. Personally, she thinks that's the best option to help offset any costs from a Line 5 closure. When people learn how to conserve energy, they're going to be saving money and they're going to consume less. So that's going to bring their bill costs down. But no matter what, Sweenor says she thinks the UP will find a way to make things work. For Points North, I'm Kay LaFond. This is Points North. I'm Dan Wanshura. Reporter Kay LaFond has obtained emails between a private security contractor working for Enbridge Energy and several law enforcement agencies near the Straits of Mackinac. Now, the emails show the contractor kept tabs on anti-Line 5 activists in the Straits this summer, sharing info about their camp, protests, and social media posts with local law enforcement. Kay's here to tell us more about it. Hey, Kay. Hey, Dan. So what made you decide to look for these emails in the first place? Is this the kind of thing that's happened before? Yeah, so there's a pretty well-documented history of pipeline companies hiring private security firms to deal with um, protest activities. So it happened at Standing Rock on a pretty large scale. And if mm. you don't remember, Standing Rock was an indigenous-led protest against the Dakota Access Pipeline. Yeah. There, a private security firm hired by the pipeline company conducted really intense surveillance. And local police and pipeline security were working together. Okay, what exactly do the emails show? The emails are between a private security contractor working on behalf of Enbridge Energy and basically a long list of law enforcement agencies. And this contractor spent his summer keeping track of what anti-Line 5 activists who call themselves water protectors were doing in the Straits of Mackinac and then emailing local police about it. Which law enforcement agencies was this private security contractor sharing this info with? Michigan State Police, county, local police departments... Um, And in June, he sent emails inviting a bunch of these agencies to an informational session that was actually held at the Michigan State Police Post in St. Ignace. 
I called Lieutenant John Schneider, who is the commander at that post, and he had this to say about it. He said he just wanted to meet other entities in reference to like who did security in the different agencies around the area, uh, just so he could put a name with a face um, and just basically a meet and greet us to let us know that he was involved as uh, uh, in the security component with uh, the Enbridge Company. I didn't see any tribal law enforcement bodies included in the emails, even though multiple tribes patrol the waters around the Straits of Mackinac. No tribal law enforcement knew about this. Did these water protectors know about it? What was their reaction? So I shared the emails with Nathan Wright. Um, He's a citizen of the Sioux St. Marie tribe of Chippewa Indians, and he's one of the leaders of the water protectors. And he said they had assumed Enbridge Security was watching them, and they'd had some encounters. But he was really disturbed by some of the emails. For example, the contractor sent an email in advance of Labor Day weekend, and um, a little little context, there's a large Line 5 protest event that happens at the Straits there um, every Labor Day weekend for the last few years. And he said he'd be immediately notifying law enforcement of any concerning social media posts. But he started the whole email with the phrase, in light of recent mass shootings around the country. Um, So here's Wright's take on that. You don't preface an email talking about, hey, there's mass shootings going on around the country, and then say, oh, by the way, these Indians are getting together over at this event, and uh, we need to keep a careful eye on them, you know, which is basically what he said. What did the contractor in Enbridge have to say about all this? So I called the contractor, and he said he couldn't talk about it and that I needed to get in touch with Enbridge. So, of course, I did. And they sent me an email statement, and basically it said, you know, they welcome discussion on their projects, they respect the right to peaceful protests, and that they won't publicly discuss their security measures because it might compromise the safety of their facilities or their employees. All right. Okay, thanks for filling us in. You're very welcome, Dan. Thanks for having me. That's the show this week. I'm Dan Wanshura. Noel Riley is our executive producer. You can catch Points North on Interlock and Public Radio or listen online at pointsnorthradio.org. <laughs>